I'm Chris Motes, and this is Faith in Politics. The South Dakota Catholic Conference represents the bishops of South Dakota on matters of public policy, providing explanations of how church teaching applies to issues of our day. On this podcast, we range from the soul to the state as we try to cultivate those virtues and principles that help us live well as faithful Catholics in this great land. And we're back for the second week in a row. And for those of you who have been uh, regular listeners of the broadcast uh, since its inception last uh, September, you might be wondering why why another episode right away two weeks in a row. We had been on a, a monthly schedule more or less. But ramping it up now, it's really exciting to, to do so, being broadcast on Real Presence Radio, weekly uh, Tuesday nights, 8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain Time. This is just really exciting. Real Presence Radio has, a, has an enormous broadcast area, five states, several million people living in the broadcast area. So if you're curious, hey, I'm, I'm getting another podcast uh, coming to my, my podcast app uh, so quickly. Why? Well, it's because we are on the radio, folks. We kind of brought together last week these two themes of, of missionary discipleship, but also faithful citizenship. So I think we can, we can really say that that's what this, this show is about, is bringing these two things together. Um, for the month of June, really excited for some of the weeks ahead. A big thing in the month of June is Religious Freedom Week uh, towards the end of the month, which we're going to talk about in just a little bit. Next week, we've got a St. Thomas More expert joining us, Professor Gerard Wegemer for the uh, University of Dallas is one of uh, just the world-class experts on, on the great saint um, from 16th century England. Um, but joining us this week, I'm really excited to have on the show Father Michael Malloy, who is currently the diocesan administrator in the Diocese of Rapid City, known to so many of, of the listeners of Real Presence Radio as a host of, of Real Presence Live from time to time, um, and, and perhaps not a stranger to many of the listeners of um, of the uh, Faith and Politics show uh, in the state of South Dakota already as one of the two bosses, so to speak, for me, the executive director of the South Dakota Catholic Conference. I report to the the two ordinaries, the two bishops of, of South Dakota. And of, of course, since Bishop Robert Gruse uh, was reassigned last summer, been very, very grateful to, to work at the, the direction and under the guidance of, of Father Malloy. So Father Malloy, uh, w- welcome to the show and thank you for joining us. Good to be with you. Thanks for asking me to be a part of this. And I didn't know I was your boss, but I kind of like that idea. <laughs> well, um, maybe now I'm going to start getting um, more pointed emails. I don't know. but uh, Perhaps. Perhaps. Maybe, we'll have to see. Maybe, um, maybe before we get, get started, Father, into our discussion, uh, would you please open us with prayer? Sure. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Gracious and loving Father, we turn to you as we often do to ask your assistance and help in this moment, as we discuss these matters of faith and politics, which are so vitally important to us, we ask for the infusion of the gift of your spirit, the spirit of wisdom and understanding and insight, um, the ability for us to discuss and dialogue in a way that is profitable and beneficial, that will reveal the truth, that will reveal what it is that you want our listeners to know. We ask this prayer in the name of your son, Jesus, and with great confidence, because we know 
that in his death and resurrection, in his ascension, and the pouring forth of the Holy Spirit, you desire to reveal to us all truth. And so we thank you as we begin this celebration and offer this prayer through the power of that Holy Spirit, one God living and reigning forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Well, it's um, the occasion for our conversation today, just as we were, we were talking a little bit about like, you know, what, what would be a great, um, what would be helpful to talk about? And Father, you raised the topic of, of religious liberty, and we'll just get into a bit of your background and, and why it came to mind. But, but when you suggested that, for me, it was like, oh, how timely, because the USCCB for the, for the past number of years has had a religious liberty week. Um, kind of originating with what they called Fortnite for for Freedom yeah, back in 2012. But the Religious Freedom Week is in the month of June, uh, June 22nd through June 29th. And those those feast days are, are important. And we, I kind of want to talk about that too. But maybe just kind of starting with big picture a little bit. Father, could you offer just a, you know, any thoughts on, you know, why is... Why is this important? Why do you think the USCCB um, has dedicated a week to remembering and reflecting on religious freedom? Um, th- yeah, I think, it, I think it is extremely important. And it's interesting because this came into being when I was the uh, rector of the cathedral in, here in Rapid City. And, um, you know, being a pastor and being the head of the cathedral, there's lots of stuff coming at you all the time. And my initial thought was, this is one more thing I have to do and then as, we, as it unfolded, as we went um, through uh, the years that I was there and we did the Fortnite for Freedom, I began to realize how important this particular topic is uh, because, it, because it's, it is important that we as Catholics, as faithful followers of Jesus, have a voice in the political, uh, the social arena in the marketplace and it became obvious to me as we began to unfold the fortnights for freedom that we did at the cathedral in the years that I was there, it became obvious to me that, that our religious liberty in this regard is being challenged in, um, in our country. And so as I grew in an understanding and appreciation of that, I really realized how important it is that we take the time to think about this topic and its importance for us in our lives. Well, that's, you know, I, I really appreciate that you have kind of this personal uh, just connection to it also because, you know, in 2012 when the bishops were proposing this fortnight for freedom, in many places, the cathedral of any particular diocese as the mother church kind of became, in a lot of places, kind of a hub for right. promoting and celebrating. And I'm kind of maybe putting you on the spot here, but it just as you're talking kind of came to mind, wow, it sounds like there was a bit of a, a, tr- a transformation or maybe like your, your, your heart, because I can totally sympathize, like, oh, one more thing. Do you remember what it was maybe that, that caused that shift of more like, oh, wow, this is, yeah, this actually is really important? Well, yes, I do remember that. And uh, it's okay to put me on the spot. Just remember I'm your boss. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. <laughs> So, no, I, I know exactly what, what happened was, you know, when, when you think about religious liberty, I think the first thought is, well, I get to go to church or I say my prayers and no one tells me I can't do it. So I have the freedom, if you will, to worship God the way I want. And I think there was a, you know, I think that is um, kind of a popular understanding of what religious liberty is. 
And I would say in our country, we still we, we basically have that. Um, you know, we have that, that freedom that says, if I want to get up and go to church on Sunday morning, I can. But religious liberty is, is more than that. Because religious liberty isn't just that I get to pray the way I want to. Religious liberty is a broader concept of the fact that, that, that the, the truths of the Catholic faith and in the broader context, the truths of the Christian faith are a value that, and we, have, and we should have a right to express those in the marketplace, in the social arena, in the political arena, and, and to not be labeled or criticized or shut down. And, I'm, and it, that was the shift for me. It was like, no, this is what religious liberty is really about at its heart. Um, for someone to say, you can go to church and pray, so that, that's your business. You're right, that is my business. I, I can do that if I want to. But it's also my responsibility as a follower of Jesus Christ to take what I hear at church and to take what, it, what you know, the gospel message and to take the truths of the Catholic Church and to shift or, and to use those to speak about and live my life, to live my life beyond the church walls. And, and in order to, for me to be able to do that, I, I have to have the freedom to express that. And, and I'm not talking about coercion or forcing somebody else to believe what I believe, but I have to have a, a right to say, this is what I believe and this is what informs my decisions or my choices in my life um, today. Well, and I really appreciate your um, your point about this isn't, this isn't, there's nothing coercive about exercising our religious freedom when we're making arguments on behalf of really important um, public moral truths, you know, in the public square, in the marketplace, in, this, in the social arena. And I think that's something that can get lost for, for people sometimes when they think, well, I, I can't really impose my religion on somebody else. But the, the truths that are so important that we, that we use our religious freedom to to, to share with others are not, it's not like we're brandishing a, a club and beating people about the head with them. We're, we're sort of holding up this, uh, I think of it like a torch of, of shining light. Like, look, now we can see. And, and they're all just so eminently reasonable. There's nothing irrational about the faith. Um, right. you know, we, we can make arguments that the, the faith has been just really, uh, the, the church has been so clear in articulating Many of her moral teachings, also in language of the natural law, which is accessible to our fellow citizens, whether they they share our faith or not. Yes. So, yeah, and see, I agree with that one hundred percent. You know, it's as a matter of fact. As a matter of fact, as a as an individual and as a priest, I'm I'm I've never, at least, I'm not conscious of ever having sort of stood up and and done the proverbial clubbing people over the head. You know, I, I at times in my, my preaching, I've been very strong about defending some basic principles and rights of the Catholic church and saying to people as a faithful Catholic, now I'm talking to people who are sitting in my church as a faithful Catholic, you can't ignore what it is that we teach um, and what it is that we believe in terms of you living your life and you making the choices that you make. I mean, to, to do that would be disingenuous. Chris, you're married. You know, there's certain principles and values um, that you live with in relationship to your wife. And in order for you to say, I'm a happily married man, and then to engage in behaviors, activities, or make choices, which would somehow contradict what you profess to believe or what you profess to say is, is part and parcel of your married life would be um, incongruous. It, it wouldn't make any sense. 
And so, I, so there are times when I've been very vocal about you have to, you have to, you can't ignore these things. You can't set these things aside. But, you know, that's in my own church with my own people. When I get out into the public square, all I want is I want the freedom to be able to say, this is what I believe. This is why I think this is right, this is wrong. And I want to be able to be heard and understood, which I think is a basic human dignity that we owe to everyone. And then we can have the debate or the discussion or, or you know, and we can even choose to disagree, but I still had the opportunity to say, this is where I'm coming from. And of course I have to afford other people the opportunity to hear where they're coming from too. Right. And I, um, I really appreciate that you've brought up to this sort of distinction between, you know, what your exhortation to, to lay people, your own action as a priest and preaching and so forth. Um, one of the things I'm struck by with Religious Freedom Week is at the beginning of the week, we have June 22nd. It's the Feast of St. Thomas More and St. Bishop, John Fisher. The week closes with June 29th, the, the Feast of St. Peter and Paul. Um, right also, you know, apostolic, just these monumental figures in the faith. Paul, of course, is just these letters. Peter, this, this office of, of, of Pope, the first bishop. But one of the things that I was just really struck by in reflecting on these two bookend feasts is this integration of, of uh, clergy and laity, and that these two um, vocations, if you will, uh, Sometimes roles and responsibilities um, can be a bit different, especially vis-a-vis civil society. Do you have any any comment or thought on on that? Just you know, the exercise of religious freedom for a, a layperson, the exercise of religious freedom uh, for cl- clergymen, and and what that how that bears out in civil society. Um, yeah, I guess some thoughts, and, and you you bring up, of course, uh, Thomas More, who was a layman, um, and. Uh, an amazing human being who um, did everything he possibly could to um, to avoid the situation that he was con- that he was uh, confronted with, and in the end, finally said, "What I believe and what I believe about the church and about what God has given us in the church, in the end, has to be expressed and stated. And if that costs me my life, then I, I have to be willing to do that." You know, so here's an example of a layman who um, isn't a preacher. He didn't. He doesn't have a congregation. He isn't responsible for teaching the word of God in the same way that a priest or a bishop uh, or, or um, the Holy Father is. And yet, what he did was he said, "There are certain truths and values that I hold, and I have to live out of those." So maybe a, a way of looking at that is saying, as a layperson. everybody, lay people and the clergy alike, we're all called to live the gospel message. We're all called to live in this discipleship with Jesus Christ. And we can't turn away from that by our actions or by our words to do that. We label that as sinful. And I'm I'm turning away from what I know to be the truth that God has revealed to me. Um, A a lay person does that by the way they live their life, um, by the ordinary conversations you might have in, in the workplace. There would be some lay people who maybe would be called to bring those um, truths and those beliefs and those values that they hold as a Catholic to bear in terms of decisions made if they're running a company, for example, 
or if they are, you know, in a position where they have to exercise some kind of public speech, you know, whatever the situation might be, you know, priests and bishops and, and the Holy Father are called in an official way on behalf of the church or on behalf of the community that they serve. They're called in a more official way to proclaim those truths, to express what it is that we believe, what are the values we hold, and, and insofar as they are charged with leading a certain group of people, they have a, a responsibility to, um, to challenge those people, to fulfill those requirements, to fulfill those, those um, uh, values and truths that we hold. So there's a, a little bit of a distinction in the sense that of that official capacity that a, an ordained person holds. But there is a real call for all of us in our everyday life and in what we say and do to live what it is we believe in our Catholic faith. Well, and I really appreciate too this um, kind of the official nature. What what came to mind too is a couple just a couple of years ago up in up in Pier. That's I as you know I go to Pier during the winter for our legislative session and represent the bishops of South Dakota on behalf of the, the Catholic Conference, which is their organization. And I was uh, preparing to testify on behalf of some pro life legislation. They're officially at the behest of the, the bishops, I'm obviously not ordained, but they are, you know, the, the official ch- shepherds of the church. But as I kind of looked down the row of the other people that were preparing to testify on behalf of this pro-life legislation, uh, half a dozen or so people, and I, maybe four, four out of the six um, or so, they're all Catholic. And they were there just, you know, in their... They weren't there explicitly as Catholics, if you will, but you have a, a medical doctor who's there to provide, um, you know, some, some medical perspective. You have a couple of, of lawyers and lawmakers who are there to provide a legal, uh, a philosophical, political perspective. And, and so it, for me, that really just illustrated an example of how these um, d- different vocations or roles, if you will, can bear themselves out, all bringing... Uh, different gifts to a particular discussion, and um, and thank God we you know uh, we live in a place where we have the freedom freedom to do that. Yes, um, and, and again the point is of the of religious freedom. The again the important thing is to say is that we have we have to protect this right so that we we have the opportunities to do exactly what you said. So a doctor, a lawyer, um, you know, a housewife, um, you know, a construction worker, whoever it is, can can in certain situations and circumstances, whether it's in an official capacity, you know, before a legislative body, or it's in the context of our own home or in the context of our workplace, um, or, you know, at the bar or the restaurant, wherever it is, that I have the, the freedom to say what it is that I believe and what informs the decisions that I make. I think that's real important. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, thank you for, for bringing that in. One of the, this this having the importance of having this this freedom to really to speak to act um another thing i'm struck by in reflecting on the bookend feasts is that this freedom can cost us so um all four saints that are tied up in these two bookend feasts saint thomas more saint john fisher saint peter saint paul they all were martyrs they all lost their lives mm-hmm. um for the for the faith and i was just struck that you know our faith um Sometimes I guess it's just basic. Yes, we're called to to, to pick up our cross and, and follow Christ, but maybe this gets lost uh, sometimes for us. 
because we're, we're so blessed here with, with just, uh, you know, many blessings of liberty in this country. Um, so my question, I guess, is, do you, have you ever known anyone or can you share any examples of either clergy or laity that have, that have had to give up something in the world in order to stay true to the faith? Does, does anything kind of come to mind from your own life or, or anybody you've known? Um, you know, I, th- I thought about that when I saw, I saw the question and I reflected on it. And, you know, I, one of the things, of course, I'm, I'm struck by is the number of people that have, have died because of believing in Jesus, um, especially in the Middle East. And in recent times, and um, I mean, who are who apparently, from what we understand, um, have lost their lives solely because they believe in Jesus. I mean, that's that was the motivation or the the reason why they were were killed. Luckily, as you said, we're blessed in, in this country not to have that kind of challenge. However, um, you know, it's um, I'm aware as a priest. And, and, and talking to my brother priests and, and talking to bishops, I've had the privilege over the last year as administrator to spend um, to spend time visiting with um, bishops in a way that I never have before. And you know, I, I think um, when we stand up to speak the truth um, of what it is that we believe, um, that can sometimes result in um, a backlash from our people. Um, it can result in, um, uh, you know, unkind uh, correspondence we get from people. Uh, it can result in, um, you know, some of the name calling and disparaging comments and things like that. Um, and, and that's nowhere near, obviously, what people have to do in terms of giving up their lives. But um, I think it is. A, I think it is a suffering that we go through. Um, you know, as, as, as religious leaders um, in terms of speaking the truth. Um, and so that's one of the things that crossed my mind. I thought about that. I thought, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's painful sometimes to stand up in the pulpit and say, you know, this is wrong. Um, and, and to realize that in saying that, we're, we're dealing with most of the time, almost all the time, enormously complicated and complex issues. Nothing is very simple and straightforward. And, um, you know, to, be, to try to craft and formulate how you're going to say that, knowing, knowing that there will be people who will be offended or bothered or misunderstand or misinterpret. Um, and so it, it's a joke among priests to say, I wonder what I said this week in the homily. It'll be interesting on Monday morning when I find out what I said, because people, you know, sometimes hear what, what they want to hear or, or hear things that priests don't say or draw inferences or references from things that priests said that really aren't part of what they were trying to say. So I think that's, that's a very, that can be a very real suffering. And you know, it's, and, and I want to make clear it's on both sides of the spectrum. You know, I think a lot of people right away think things like, well, you know, when you get up and preach about abortion then people get upset. Well, okay. Obviously abortion is a central and key life issue that we deal with in our country and throughout the world. Mm. But you know, the recent events that have happened in our country right now with the, with this, the horrible death of, of, uh, uh, George, George Floyd, Floyd. Yeah. and with the um, with you know what the bishops of the country have said how they've stood up and you know and defended uh, the um, the in, the dignity of every human person in this regard how they have stood up and and made clear that it that what what happened to this man was horribly wrong and how they've not justified the violence 
but in some ways have said, you know, there's obviously a deep-seated frustration on the part of many people for the injustices that they've suffered, and we have to address that. Those are also life issues, and those are things that bishops have spoken about, and I'm well aware that some there would be some of their congregation who would, you know, would be critical of them for taking those kinds of stance too. Um, the USCCB has taken a strong stand on immigration and the problems with immigration and the way that the people, immigrants are being treated. And I know that there's there's a lot of people, Catholic and non-Catholic, who uh, don't agree with with that don't, and, and are, are critical of and, and harsh in their response or comments about um, what um, the bishops have said in, in regards to immigration. So it's across the board. It's on both sides of the aisle. It, it cuts across the spectrum of life issues. And that can be hard and frustrating for for uh, priests and and uh, bishops in in the country today. Well, thank you, thank you for sharing that. And we've got uh, just a little over two minutes left. If you're just joining us, I'm Chris Motes, the director of the South Dakota Catholic Conference, being joined by Father Michael Malloy, the diocesan administrator in Rapid City, discussing religious freedom. And I just really appreciate you sharing that, Father, because what, what kind of came to my heart as you're sharing that is just w- when we exercise re- a religious freedom well as a people of God, one of the things that we actually do for civil society is we offer an icon of unity, which is um, communion is, is what, is what the Lord offers us, you know, yes. u- unity in his love. So what an important thing that, uh, that the church can do as she exercises her religious freedom. So with just a little under uh, two minutes in remaining, you know, you just shared a, just a little touch on some, some of the suffering that, that may be experienced, even with like just, preaching or, or clergy exercising witness. I know that people can have like hesitancy and fear yeah. surrounding this. Maybe do you have a word of encouragement or, or what can be like a, a word for hope for anybody that's experiencing maybe a little fear, maybe anger, maybe hesitation when it comes to, to living out um, their own religious freedom to the full? Yeah. You know, my, my, my encouragement to people would be, I would say, jump in. Um, Share what you believe, listen to other people. And you know, if, if in the course of a conversation like that, you feel as though somehow you didn't adequately express what the church taught, or somehow the other person made a better point than you, and yet you know in your heart that there's a truth there, then that's an opportunity, invitation to go do some research and study reflection so you can come back again. Never enter into those debates in anger. I mean, I say to people all the time, I'll be happy to share with you what the church believes and teaches. I, I don't want to fight with you. I can disagree with you, but but I want to just share that with you and listen to what you say. So to come at it with a heart of, of openness to listening and learning and and realize that I'm not going to say everything right. I'm not going to make all the right answers in, or the right responses, but I can go back. I can come back. It's, it's not a done deal. It's not a one-time thing. It's an ongoing journey of exploration and discovery. So I'd encourage people to just jump in well very very well very well put father thank you thank you so much for joining us you bet it's good to have be with you thank take care and in closing for anybody that's looking for a couple more resources that they could uh jump into on this issue of course you've got the second vatican council's document on religious freedom uh, titled dignitatis humanae which is a really beautiful teaching document to the church and for anybody that's interested in some of the more like contemporary uh legal or policy angles on uh, religious freedom in America. There's a great book out called Free to Believe. It's written by a lawyer named Luke Goodrich. In closing, just if you've got uh, topic ideas for the future, any particular guests you wanna hear, um, please stay in touch. You can go to sdcatholicconference.org and click contact us. 
Until next time, live well.